0: Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Joining us now, Shannon uh, Shannon Samford, a political scientist and columnist. Shannon, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Thank you for doing this. Happy New Year.
1: Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so I played some clips of of some of your fellow political scientists, uh, Kelly Saunders uh, who was on one of our shows and uh, Chris Adams uh, who was on one of our shows. How how do you feel about all these politicians that have been traveling and do you look at the Nikki Ashton situation differently uh than, you know, um, a politician who just goes on vacation to the Caribbean over the holidays?
1: No, I think that uh, one of the things that you should always live by is the premise of never make an exception of yourself and I think all of them should be uh, very, very aware that, they, that they're doing that. Um, they're, they're suggesting somehow or another that they should not have to live by the rules that everybody else is living by. Um, and Nikki Ashton is um, suggesting somehow or another that she is special, um, that no one else is experiencing uh, difficulties uh, with their parents or their aging grandparents or having uh, similar situations in their own lives, and somehow or another she special and so she gets to fly to greece while we're still staying at home uh, staying within our bubble and not visiting our own parents or our own grandparents who are ailing you know never make an exception of yourself when it comes to the rules
0: what about uh, david mclaughlin the province's top bureaucrat i mean he's got a home in in ottawa is it any different for him
1: I'm a little bit uh, less likely to condemn condemn him for what he did, because there are suggestions that he also carried out some business. And Ottawa to Winnipeg, there tends to be a lot of travel going back and forth for both members of parliament, senators and uh, politicians. So I'm a little bit less likely, but at the same time, you know, come on, keep your nose clean. If you don't have to travel, don't travel. The, The idea is, is that we're trying to, shut down the likelihood of transmission of community transmission within the legislature and within the workplace and we now know that the workplace is the place where we have the highest transmission outside of personal care homes and that means trans- politicians are just as likely as as personal care home uh, uh, residents to to get ill so i mean you have to be careful
0: Mm -hmm. not everybody agrees that a politician should be held to a higher standard i think they need to be held to a higher standard and if i was in uh, politics if i was a politician i'm a member of the media so i worry about media and our reputation and how people feel about us if i was a politician i would be doing everything possible to be squeaky clean to show people that you know what Uh, we we do what we say we're doing exactly what we're asking you to do we're making the same sacrifices
1: well i think it's uh i think it's one of the reasons why people are so incredibly cynical about politicians is when they do this kind of behavior uh and and you know it's the most egregious one of course is rod phillips uh, and Tracy Allard that both sort of uh, su- suspended the truth and pretended that they actually yeah. were staying at home. But you know, um, Nikki Ashton at the same time tried to, to, instead of actually just taking it on the chin, tried to make it sound like she was somehow or another uh, suffering more than anyone else. I think that that's just unbelievable, and it's it's not. I think it's elitism, and uh, you know, I think that politicians need to understand that it's not that they're being held to a higher standard; they're being held held to the same standard right. that you and I are being held to and it's, it's it's just elitism it's simple elitism
0: yeah no that's a good point You're, we're only asking them to do what we're having to do
1: that's right exactly stay at home stay safe and try to get this darn uh, 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 coronavirus under control and stop spreading this thing
0: yeah well and the numbers have been low now so let's hope they stay that way and we don't see a spike again after the holidays in in two or three weeks right which is we have seen that in the past let's hope that that doesn't happen again hey while i've got you we're into a new year january the fourth Here, um i didn't have you on about this but there has been some talk about what premier pallister might do this year might he pack it in early and not finish that second term which he promised to finish when uh he was running and when he got Uh, re-elected. Any thoughts on whether we might be looking for a new premier soon?
1: I, I really do believe that he will step down. I've never thought that he would de- uh, finish the second term. And I think it would be very wise for him to step down once, the, um, once we get the uh, rate down below 3%. Um, and I think it would be great to, for them to reinvigorate the party and the brand uh, and uh, start again with a new leader uh, in order to take on the NDP if they have any hope of retaining power or at least get, uh, keeping some of the seats in Winnipeg.
0: Okay, interesting. I, I kind of think that was maybe the plan all along. That's that's m- what my gut says. Um, a- any any names, anybody uh, in waiting that you think might be uh, looking for the opportunity?
1: Well, I mean, certainly Rochelle Squires has been a name that has gone on uh, quite a bit. Uh, Cameron Friesen uh, is another name that's come up. Uh, And, you know, Heather Stephenson, whether she might be interested, uh, certainly has the money uh, to make a nice run as the potential uh, leader. But we could also look outside of uh, those that are actually in the legislature. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Brian Bowman.
0: Wow. Shannon, thank you very much. Happy New Year. We'll talk soon. Hey,
1: you too. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, Shannon Samper, political scientist and columnist, joining us uh, here this afternoon on these politicians that have been traveling. Some, yes, like Nikki Ashton, to see an ailing family member, a sick grandmother, uh, others just simply going on vacation. Sean Jeffrey is the executive director of the Manitoba Restaurant and Food Services Association. Sean, good afternoon. Happy New
2: Year, Mr. Anderson.
0: Yes, Happy New Year to you. I wanted to bring you on for a couple of minutes, uh, and I uh, appreciate you giving me the heads up on this. So um, my buddy Joe over at Pasquale's came up with the, the Dine Manitoba Guide, uh, which uh, is a way for people to support restaurants when they can go back and dine in, um, and they get some great deals, and it was raising a lot of money for the Dream Factory. Fantastic. But now yep. you're going to give a bunch of these guides... The frontline workers. Tell me how this came about.
2: Yeah, actually, due to a, due to an anonymous uh, donation from one of our uh, sponsors, uh, we actually were able to uh, ascertain 250 guys. Um, and uh, when me and the team were sitting around and we were kind of discussing on where we'd want to put this, man, there was only one person I could think or one area we could send it. And those, those frontline healthcare workers who've been just working their tail off for so long, keeping us safe and and uh, I know they probably had a pretty rough holiday. So uh, when it came down to you know who needs to go out and enjoy a fun night out with family and friends in a restaurant, that was the uh, was the first uh, first group of people that we needed to do. So we need to we need to get these out to these frontline healthcare workers so they can go out and have a fun night out
0: with uh, and have some fun food and drink. Isn't that fantastic? So a $5,000 donation, and that will purchase, I think you said, about 250 of the guides, 250, right? 250,
2: correct. Yeah, for sure. And uh, very easy to, to, to get to. All they need to do is, is email our office here at uh, the dinemb at uh, mrfa.mb.ca, provide your name, where you work, and a little bit of identification, uh, confirmation, and uh, our team will arrange to have that either mailed out free of charge, or they can do a curbside pickup here at our office.
0: First come, first serve. Hey, um, right. how many of, are you? And you're still selling the Dine Manitoba guides yeah, as sure. well, right? Absolutely, yeah.
2: We're we're very close to hitting our uh, hitting our goal of, but uh, we need Manitobans' help to get this uh, to get that uh, goal achieved for the maximum uh, donation to the to the Dream Factory. But uh, we're getting very close in Manitobans like they have since day one in COVID-19 has supported our industry and continue to support the industry. And uh, we thank them for that. And these things were flying off the shelves over the, over the holidays. And, uh, but yeah, we really want to make sure that we get these out to these healthcare workers, because I'm telling you, it's, it, they have really done such an exceptional job during this time, keeping us safe. And so many of them have sacrificed so much that, you know, we, we, uh, as the industry really want to say, thank you. And this is our way of doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's fantastic. And you're right, man, you know, uh, yes, the healthcare workers. There are so many frontline workers. I mean, people working yep. in grocery stores, truck drivers. I was texting with a truck driver today. I mean, when you think of all the people that have gone above and beyond Uh, through this pandemic, but yes, especially healthcare workers, and and I'm glad you guys are doing this. I think it's fantastic. Hey, so we're getting ready for the restrictions to be updated on Friday. This isn't why you came on, but I want to ask you, because Mm -hmm. I've been saying now, uh, and I said this last week on on Thursday, my last show on the air uh, before uh, we entered into 2021, and and I was saying then, and I believe now, that I think we can adjust the restrictions – to allow restaurants and other businesses, but restaurants mm-hmm. especially, um, to operate at some level beyond uh, where they're at now, which is basically just pick up and, and take out. Yeah. I, I think we can do it safely. I don't know how that is. I'm leaving that to the experts, but that has to be your mm-hmm. hope as well, eh, Sean? Well absolutely. Uh, you know, we've been we've been under you know
2: monumental restrictions since November 2nd and we pretty much almost 10 months to be with some restrictions one way or another. And uh you know our our industry is is just I think we're coming near the end of our rope here and uh but uh, going into 2021, we need to start off 2021 with a smile. You know, we've had a lot of a lot of uh, heartache and disheartenment during in our industry during 2020. So we want to put that behind us. And we want to look at 2021 and going forward in a positive way possible, and would not just be would not just be awesome if we could get our restaurants back opened up in some capacity, right? Because yeah. obviously the number one goal is keeping Manitoba safe. But uh, I think that you know we definitely agree with you. This is our message to government, and uh, we'll continue to ask to be involved in that uh, conversation. Um, you know, we've asked since day one to be involved in that as being the experts, and we want to make sure that uh, that we can provide every way possible on how you can go to a restaurant. To, uh, and dine in the the safest manner possible. So um, we're definitely looking forward to the announcement. We're looking forward to getting feedback from government on whatever decision they do make and being involved in that process. But uh, we hope that Friday is a sunny day. Some good weather on the horizon, maybe patio season, I don't know
0: yeah now that would be something you you could maybe do right because i've talked to some uh, restaurant owners who say you know what we could do uh certainly with weather like this but even with heaters and stuff patio outdoor dining could be a thing
2: you know you leave it up to Manitobans. we're the most we've been the most innovative uh you know i believe in canada during this time we will continue to be innovative and if that means i have to sit on a patio at my local restaurant here and enjoying some food and drink, uh, sitting under a heater, man, I'm I'm number one in line. So mm-hmm. um, we did it in April when we opened up, uh, or I'm sorry, May when we opened up, and, you know, we're we're ready to do anything we need. But we need to get uh, back to, you know, to that similar new normal and art industry is ready to do it in the safest way possible. So, again, we're looking forward to really getting some feedback on whatever decisions are made and continue to be kept in the loop in that because I think that's the key part of uh, being able to move forward in a – into a new 2021 that's a, a little bit more positive than 2020 was
0: yeah sean thanks a lot for this i love the donation to frontline workers healthcare workers of the Dime manitoba guide i encourage people to get mm-hmm. the guide and and help out the mm-hmm. dream factory and get some great deals at, at restaurants when we can finally dine in again sean thanks a lot
2: all right thanks helen thanks for all your help during this
0: you bet sean jeffrey executive director manitoba restaurant and food services association <music> Chief Climatologist, Environment Canada, David Phillips. Sir, good afternoon. Hi, Al. Nice to be with you. Thank you for doing this. I had to have you on today. I mean, this is crazy. Sunshine plus two. It's it's beautiful outside, you
3: know, Dave. It, it's it, you know, it's not a one day wonder. This is just not a one day of January thaw. There are there are Januarys you don't have even a thawing temperature. So you know, plus two. I mean, the record for today would be two point six back in twenty and two thousand and seven. So you're you're clearly in that that realm of of warmer of of near record. And all week, it's uh, temperatures. You know, it should be. High of minus 13 in, in Winnipeg today. Instead, it's plus two. I mean, you could do the math. It's uh, 15 degrees warmer than it should be. And all week, even when it cools off on the weekend, it's still going to be five to seven degrees warmer than you'd expect for this time of the year. And it was like that in November to some degree, and clearly that way in in December. We saw December, I think, it was the warmest uh, December in 25 years. And so everybody was thinking, oh my gosh, La Nina. Uh, they'd heard about it. it It was a strong episode, and and September and October were pretty cool in in Winnipeg, and people thought, "Uh uh-oh, it's arrived, you know, it's going to be a tough, long winter. But honest to God, Hal, at the beginning part of winter, we've we've got almost to the halfway point. Next week is what I call the halfway point of winter. It's when we in Winnipeg get what we call the dead of winter. That is, the temperatures fall and they reach that point, and then they begin their slow, relentless rise upwards. You haven't been punished at all by by winter-like weather. It's it's truly um, uh, it's been very consistent, relentless. Not just a one or two days or even two weeks. It's like two months and counting.
0: Well as you point out we're getting close to halfway yeah. and it really other than a few days here and there it hasn't really felt like a Winnipeg winter yet. No it hasn't felt
3: like it. I mean it's looked at it like it at some times. you've got that snow on the ground yep. but um it isn't really I mean often you can often people in Winnipeg said well if we can get our first snowfall Say after Halloween and then and then uh, sort of melted by Easter. Well, my gosh, it's it's not been a, an issue at all. These balmy temperatures have been really. It's been the layered down look, not the layered up look in uh, in Winnipeg. And and it just absolutely uh, is uh, what we're seeing. Hal is a lot of Pacific air. The polar vortex is 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 missing in action. It's well up to the north. It's not come down south. And we're seeing a lot of Pacific air american air pressure patterns are set up that you are getting more of a southerly flow and uh so so quite mild and and certainly like this week there's no weather in the scene it's just a whole week of balmy temperatures unseasonably mild and and no storms or or um you know things to uh, to cause you to be storm state or anything like that it's it's pretty pretty good and and of course you know how every day like today means winter is that much shorter and um and so I really think the now, hey, if you ask me about the the rest of the winter, I would say that our models are showing um, more of the same for January. We don't see any any um, uh, Siberian air coming down over Manitoba, um, and um, I, I think whether I, you know maybe the second half of winter will be uh, you know colder than the first half, but that's because the first half has been so uh, so unlike uh, what you'd normally see. On the price, and and as I said, you know, a lot of people were talking about La Niña, and I've looked at La Niñas, you know, how. And in my business, you go to the bank every year. I, I looked at that uh, since 1950 to the 1980s. We had um, about 19, say 20 La Niñas. And 16 of those were colder than normal. Three were were warmer than normal. So no guarantee. However, uh, that's in my business. That's about as good as you're going to get to say it'll going to be colder than normal. But in the last 30 years since 1990, there have been 10 La Niñas. Six have been colder, and four have been milder. So La Niña is different now. It's it's almost as if it's not the uh, a sure thing. It's more of a crapshoot. You know, it's not necessarily a guarantee that you're going to have a colder than normal uh, winter. So. I would think people are pretty happy, not only because the Jets are going to are back on the ice and it's going to be start of another uh, hockey season. Great, but hey, it's it's also uh, rather not the kind of winter that most uh, Winnipeggers uh, uh, are used to.
0: Yeah, and I've got to ask you, Dave, before we run out of time here. Twenty twenty, the driest year on record. What do you make of that? Well, it was dry clearly how i mean particularly i look
3: at the whole year only three months were actually wetter than normal january april and december particularly the growing season that from may right through to september i mean great harvest weather but precipitation was about uh, less than 60 percent of normal now i know the weather network has said that our numbers are a little different we don't think it was clearly the, the driest year on record but clearly the driest since 1960 so certainly in the last uh, uh, you know, uh, 60 years it's never been as dry as what we saw in Winnipeg. And you know how? What's so amazing about that in Western Man? My gosh, it was like a monsoon. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon and Minnedosa and Jen- June they got record amounts of uh, of rain and and precipitation. And so it's almost as if that it was hey raining in the western part of the province, but not in Winnipeg and parts of and south of Winnipeg. It was really it was almost as if you were in the kind of the eastern zone and they were in the more prairie zone with lots of thunderstorms
0: yeah that's a good point westman did get a lot more moisture yes, we, we were drier here and, and they were probably wetter than normal hey david i'm ready right out of time we'll do it okay. again soon thank you very much okay Hal. bye-bye now